Bears beats Battlestar Galactica. You really adopted the dark. I was born in it. Sounds like somebody's got a case of the Mondays. Bazinga. Two in the box. Ready to go. We be fast and baby slow. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. And, and we're recording. Welcome to the Mount Geekboard Podcast, your favorite podcast where we like to talk about, discuss, and debate your top four, Mount Rushmore's, if you will, of your favorite pop culture subjects. Today's pop culture subject, as you can tell by looking at your listening device, we will be talking about our Mount Rushmore of favorite songs that were released in the year 1990. Um, I make sure to specify released in 1990 because a lot of people on the uh, social medias have been putting songs that uh, were released in 89 or 88 but they charted in 1990 and so i had to clarify that and make sure uh, i am there signs uh you uh with me as usual is david howdy and we have uh daniel de back hey y'all and i think this is the second time i'm not mistaken uh we have our it's like, it's like my fifth time fifth is it <laughs> no but some of yeah, those some of them have been with the girls and we don't count those uh that is no no he's, he's been on geek more yeah I've been no on geek no, more, like, geek, no but he time. did a geek more with the girls i remember one time he did a geek more with the girls and i'm like, Ugh. uh yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh we have deej from our uh sister uh podcast better let me tell you on the geek bro network what's up deej What's up, everyone? Welcome back. Happy quarantine. <laughs> <laughs> Happy quarantine, indeed. Um, so, uh, we start this off like we start off every episode. How did you guys make your selections? David. Um, so, I went straight rock and roll for this. Uh, there, are, There's obviously songs that have a pop appeal, and some of these bands definitely register on uh like the the billboard charts not just the 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 rock and roll charts um but i just went as long as it was released as a single in 1990 uh didn't have to be that the album was released in 90 some of these are on albums that were released in 89 or in 91 but as a single it was released in 1990 uh i it was fair 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 game for me right on all right uh um deej how did you make your selection so, 1990 was a really good year of music. So, and I'm sure that when you guys went back and started looking at stuff, it was like shit. Like all these like awesome songs came out. Um, it, like 89 through like 91 was like a great time for music. Um, so I tried to pick songs that uh, obviously stand the test of time that you could still listen to them today and they sound good. But songs that, like, now that I'm older, I look back and I think, like, okay, this song meant something at that time. Like, this was me, like, starting to like this type of genre of music, so on and so forth. So um, that was kind of, like, my mindset, because there is definitely a lot of songs from, like, 1990 that I love. But looking back on it now, I'm, like, kind of like, eh. But nonetheless, I liked at that time. So I tried to be a little bit deeper in my selection. All right. Uh, DeBona? So I... Went back and just made a giant list of songs, just looking at stuff that charted in 90 and stuff like that. Then I went through and realized that a lot of those songs that I thought were going to be contenders were from 89. 
Uh, we were having a conversation earlier about how I lost Black Velvet uh, to that. I lost some great uh, lost Rome by the B fifty twos. A couple that things. was that was released in eighty nine. Black Velvet. Yeah, December of eighty nine. Oh, okay. Oh, DJ is frantically changing his list. Yeah, and I uh, lost Rome by the B fifty twos to that one too, mm. uh, among some other things. But uh, and so then I did the same type of thing as DJ. I was like, all right, well, let's go back and listen to him. And it's like, what still stands up? What's still a really good song? Um, what do I associate, you know, maybe some memories with or something like that? And uh, then just some of them just boiled down to like what, when we get there eventually, you know, just listening to one that to this day still just gets me. Like every bit of the song is, is just perfect. So it was, it, was, it was a fun one to make. Yeah, I got to be honest with you. I'm still kind of like uh, I'm still cut, trying to uh, cut my list down. I got I got like six that I'm trying to uh, to cut down to four, and it's been it's very painful. Uh, and I never We're have honorable mentions, right? Yeah, yeah, we get oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, we get okay, okay, good, good. Yeah, um, <laughs> my honorable mention list is longer than my. <laughs> well, that's a, and that's the thing that we typically try to keep the honorable mention list to like four, maybe five honorable mentions. Because if you have, you know what I mean, like that's whole, our whole thing for for the podcast. But this, some some of these are so impossible to cut. Like how do you how do you not do these? Uh, lately, what we've been doing, I've noticed that like Jeff and Dave do this are very good at this. If it's mentioned by somebody else and it's under honor mention, they they take it off their list, which is smart because that's a good way of uh, uh, eliminating yeah. on your honorable mentions. But yeah, man, it's a very tough year. It's a very good year. Uh, I'm trying to do all different genres. I'm trying to do. Um, as many as I can, but you know the the uh, the uh, Miami uh, uh, pop uh, in in me is is uh, hard to escape. So I'm just I'm just gonna let you guys know that right now off the top of, off the go, bat. Go ahead and uh, uh, I'm gonna go ahead and work up what I think Neary's list is gonna be right now. <laughs> uh, so that's that's all that's my thing, man. So all right, without further ado, with the fourth pick, number four, round four. I'm in no mood for your wife's crack. Let's get it on. Uh, all right, Dave. What's your hit, hit me, man? What's your number four? I'm <laughs> I'm still making edits to my list as we speak. All right, I'm just gonna go with it. All right, my number four um, was released in February of 1990, and it is from the album "Shake Your Money Maker." It's the Black Crow's "Hard to Handle." Oh God damn! Such a great song. <laughs> There's um, it's it's actually a cover of of a uh, like an old blues song and uh, i think it's muddy waters and yeah what the thing is no one listens to the original anymore because the black crows version is just so badass and i know that the black crows have um gotten some criticism for being you know pretty much just guns and roses you know uh ripoffs but i think they're a little bit more than that like they are not as polished as Guns N' Roses is. Uh, it's more like, and Guns N' Roses definitely has that, like, you know, I don't give a fuck attitude. Uh, but Black Crows is like, like we really don't give a fuck. Like, there's, <laughs> there's, there's something about the the ways that they they look and they sound like there's there's an authenticity to that, and that comes across in the song. You know, and then the the song itself is just a, a a badass fucking jam, you know, from from start to finish. It just it rips your face off right at the beginning, and and it, it goes right through, and it's dirty as fuck. 
you know, you're listening oh, yeah. to it and you're just like, oh, I, I remember the first time I heard this song and it wasn't in 1990. Uh, but I remember the first time I heard this song, um, I, I was in my bedroom and I, I was cranking it up on my, on my boom box. I was like, Oh fuck, this is awesome. <laughs> and, then he, and then he starts to sing a little bit more and I'm like, let me just turn this down <laughs> because I knew that my conservative fuck parents were going to walk in. Like, what the hell is this devil music you listening to boy? Mm-hmm. See, yeah. so, uh, <laughs> the, the, the the funny contrast to that is the way I was familiar with the Black Crows is because my parents had um, had Shake Your Money Maker and oh, really? <laughs> so, yeah, we li- like we listened to it in the house. Like um, my my parents were only nineteen when I was born, so like mm-hmm. they they they've, like for a while there, like my taste like their taste in music was still pop music. And um, I remember, you know, in 1997 years old or whatever, or, uh, you know, six when it came out, you can't look up lyrics and stuff like that. Like, and then I remember the song went away for a really long time before it popped up one day. And I was like, oh, oh, my God, I actually understand what he's saying in the chorus now. <laughs> actually, I'm happy you mentioned that because I feel that that, that that was one of those songs that, yeah, it was from 1990. But I felt that song had a renaissance some years later that it was, I don't know, it was popular again. What? Well, it's played a lot at sporting events. Yeah, I don't know. I, I I felt like sometime later the song was like really popular again. I I feel like any time that I've gone to uh, to a Heat game or or to uh, to a Marlins game, which granted is not often, uh, but any time that I do go, I, I hear that song, uh, which is weird. Did you you so, went to a Heat game? Was there? Did you think it was? I, did you think there was something else going on that day, and then you just got in, and then like, there's <laughs> like trying to figure out what happened? I, Were you supporting I, a family I, I member that was at a dance show that was in the in the halftime <laughs> show or something? Like I'm trying to figure this shit I, out. I, I thought it was a screening for the movie Heat. Right. Oh, is what oh, happened? Oh, yeah, man, makes sense. Also, <laughs> for Jason can, Lee, right? <laughs> right. Uh, can we just point out the fact that the Black Crows are one of those picture perfect examples? of the fact that being talented can outweigh how good looking you are because Chris Robinson was married to Kate Hudson yeah oh my god for a while words right out of my mouth <laughs> you know I was watching uh, the other day I was watching a movie with Goldie Hawn uh and it was the uh, was uh, the house guest I think it was uh and it was like 1988 no 1991 maybe 1992 and I was watching the movie and I was like she's so much hotter than her daughter I think Goldie Hawn is hotter than her daughter dude yeah, I mean, in her prime, I think. In her was. prime, yeah, yeah. obviously. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and as Kate Hudson prime. gets older, she looks more and more like Goldie Hawn. Really? I think, I think she looks Hawn... more like Kurt Russell. <laughs> I think she looks, <laughs> which also turns me on, but in a different way. I'm just saying it's, I, uh, it's good. I think Goldie Hawn was sexier. I think Kate Hudson is really pretty. Like, she has, like, a very pretty face. But Kate, yeah, but her mom was definitely, you know. A smoke show. Right? I, I, yeah. keep going, I keep going back to her in uh, Overboard with that... Uh, what, what was it? Zebra print uh, bikini. Uh, that uh, movie. That movie's wonderful. <laughs> the guy level still holds up. I saw it like six months ago. Still holds yeah. up. Still holds it's up. Absolutely yeah. funny. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. So, so there you go. We got um, hard, hard to, to handle. handle. Black crows. Black crows. All right. Uh, Deej, what do you got for your number four, man? All right. So my number four is Poison by Velvet DeVoe. Table. <laughs> and uh, okay. Well, table. <laughs> oh, there we go. Bell. Biv, Devo. All right. 
this is weird to me and I have to actually physically write things down. I normally do with everything on my phone and I'm like, oh, <laughs> excuse me. Uh, it just lets me know how stupid I am at spelling. It doesn't like, cause that I, the fucking notebook doesn't tell you, hey, there's no squiggly landing on the, on the word. Like, hey, that's not how you spell restaurant, asshole. Restaurant puts a pain in the ass. I literally have to, this is how you spell restaurant. Rest. A U rent. That's how I have to spell it in my fucking head. I have to say that to myself in my head to spell it right. Uh, I'm such an idiot. Uh, all right. So the bono. What do we got for number four? All right. So my number four um, is never going to go down in the annals of music history as an amazing song, but I feel like it really encompassed a lot of when you look back at the nineties and stuff like that. I feel like this song was a very big kickoff to what the nineties became. It was released on January 20th of 1990. My number four is the Humpty dance by digital underground. <laughs> mm, nice. Um, look, look, the, 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 the Humpty Everybody dance. jammed to that song. So. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's hilarious. You know, it's, it's just, it's a lot of fun to listen to. Um, it was, it was such a change of pace for, um, digital underground and, and shock G coming out as Humpty hump, which, uh, by the way, they actually created an, uh, like a bio for Humpty hump saying that his nose was destroyed in a deep fryer accident. Uh, while working at a fast food place. That's why he had to wear the big fake noses on his glasses and stuff like that. Um, it was, uh, it was, it, it's so bizarre, but it's still so funny. Like the day that I don't laugh at, uh, once got freaky in a Burger King bathroom, like just, just bury me or shoot me. Cause that's a pod person. Like that will always make <laughs> me giggle. Um, I, I love, I love when he's, you know, he's just like putting it out there. Like, you know what? This is me. This is what I look like. I'm goofy, whatever you're fat. Let's do this. You know? And it's like, it just, it cracks me up. I feel like it, it was, it was something that was unique and something that was a lot of fun um it, it the, the album was called sex packet I, I mean it was just it was this really funny thing especially at a time when hip-hop was like a really nebulous thing right like we were we weren't you know we were we we're getting out of that era of 80s hip-hop but the the whole you know like the gangster rap thing was solidifying but not huge and it was just it was a weird way for him to really put himself on the scene and i just i love that song it's been sampled over a hundred times yeah, it, has, it um, has in different things it's uh it's and in and you know the song in itself uh contains a sly in the family stone sample uh it's just it's it's funny it's fun to listen to dude like we can throw i host bingo on thursday nights here in tuscaloosa and we can throw on the humpty dance in between rounds and people still like i'm talking the the the, the medium age for median age for the bingo crowd that I, that I host for is probably 22 23 and if it's their first time hearing it they love it because it's hilarious if they know it then they'll still they still jam to it it's it's as ridiculous as it is, I feel like it stands the test of time, and it's a fun song. So. Well, it does because that song—that's a—that's a great song that you brought up. Um, you, you know, the packaging is kind of funny and frivolous, and yeah, you know, from the nose to all that. But when you take all that away, you're left with a thick beat. Yeah, that's why that song has been sampled so many times. And I would even make the argument that that song was ahead of its time because that sounds like um like a big producer type record like a, a diddy or like um timbaland like these people that work with like these thick thick beats and like loops and all that and 
samples and that yeah that that song has that is timeless so so yeah that's why i think that song as kind of funny and kitschy as it is has sort of stood the test of time because if you play that now it doesn't sound like a song that's 30 years old yeah uh, and so it was, it was one that, that when I realized it, when I, when I kind of realized it was 90, I was like, oh man, you know, I put it on the short list and I just kept going back to it. And I was like, oh God, the Humpty, the Humpty Dance deserves number four. Like I got, I got to put it there. It just, it's, I, like I said, it's just, it's fun, man. It's I'm just fun. curious. How old were you guys in 1990? I was seven. Or I turned seven in David, you were like one. I was three. <laughs> uh, I was 19. I was nine. I was twelve. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I actually like remember like legitimately these songs like being really popular and starting. Yeah, I, I, a, I, lot, I a lot of these songs I remember obviously from hearing later. I, I would hear them in like middle school. You know, on, on, I remember on the all these songs. I remember, in fact, my number one. I remember, and I'll, I'll talk about this obviously when I get there. But I remember wa- waiting up. Uh, at midnight for MTV to play the video, like they was like they were doing a countdown of the best songs of the oh, year, man, and, those was were like, the and I remember, I remember specifically remember uh, waiting for to watch the video. Uh, yeah, it was a weird time. MTV played music videos. Um, yeah. <laughs> Headbangers Ball used to be huge with the midnight releases because they had that late night slot, and so they loved to do midnight releases on Headbangers Ball. Yeah, yeah. All right, my number four is uh, this is what this is like one of the most Miami songs that I could think of um i i have no idea if this person is actually from miami the the artist uh because to be honest with you aside from this song i don't know this person at all whatsoever um but it's it's what i remember like i remember everybody loving the song and again i was nine years old in 1990 uh but um i just everybody in like in my town in my school we went to school it was people were playing it at home people were playing it um so my number four is uh mentirosa by the great mellow man ace uh uh, and it's a spanglish song if you if you've never heard it it's a spanglish song it goes uh, a flow uh, flawlessly between English and Spanish, and um, yeah, it's 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 just it's literally a, a guy calling his girl a liar, and that the chorus is literally saying uh, uh, you're a liar, a straight mentirosa. Today you tell me something, y mañana otra cosa, and otra I just cosa. the whole thing is like how you oh, I, like this guy caught his girl in a lie in the whole fucking song, and there's multiple versions of the song. The original radio edit is four minutes and sixteen seconds, which is a long time to call a girl a liar like that's a really long time <laughs> to say you're a fucking liar and then the extended remix is six minutes and eight seconds which is bananas to me that that song could be extended for another two fucking minutes like i just don't understand but uh it's at my number but, four well, it, was, it was 1990 they were playing at a club iguana yeah you exactly know? <laughs> exactly <Six minutes. laughs> it's so fantastic and then which is a complete uh local uh, the bonus like i don't know what that means um but it's a complete local reference but uh it's a silly song i i will admit it's a silly song but it's a fun song uh the reason why uh it's at my number four and not higher is because of that because it's a silly song and i get it it is a silly song however it, it is a fucking fun song and you hear that beat and you hear the, those lyrics and you start laughing much like the humpty dance except that it hasn't been sampled a hundred times uh so, <laughs> so but uh um if i'm thinking of the right song it has a santana sample 
in it um that where they they loop they loop a guitar that's part right from, yeah, from uh it, it has a, a sa- it, it samples no one to depend on and evil ways by santana yeah yeah, wow. yeah. um yeah, yeah i know Good okay it, it took me a second but yes i know what song you're talking about yeah. now okay yeah yeah, yeah. I mean, I did rap the li- the chorus to you, so I don't know how much. I know, but I, I was trying. I was trying to put it together. I was trying to hear it, and then when I heard the music, I realized what it was. Uh, so, uh, no, so but it's it's very relevant to a time and place. Um, it's very relevant to a time and place. So you know. Yeah, I, and again, I don't even know where. I don't even know about this guy. I don't know about Metal Man Ace. I don't know where he's from. Um, oh, look, he's Cuban American. That makes sense. Recording. There you go. <laughs> right. That's casualidad. He's Cuban American. I yeah. seen that coming. This is sorry, guys. <laughs> no, this it's is a fine. Podcast that I'm that I'm recording. This is Neri. He's named like Abuela Neri. <laughs> <laughs> this is Daniel and this is David. Uh, do you have other ones? No, it's just some four. It's just some four. No, it's most not in this one. So, can you please go? Thank you. <laughs> oh, that's fine. Yeah, where is this, man? I miss him. <laughs> uh, our number fours are Hard to Handle by Black Crows, Poison by Bell Biv DeVoe, Humpty Dance uh, by Digital Underground, and Mentirosa by Mellow Man Ace. Ace, Ace. Uh, I just, I don't know why every time somebody's name is Ace, I Sorry. wonder, like, I, I wonder, like, how he came up with that name as far as Mellow Man. Like, I don't understand some people's logic between coming up with their names. Not the dumbest stage name, I don't think, because we have uh, Goo Goo Dolls. I think that's a dumb uh, uh, band name. <laughs> but I do think, uh, you know, you know, they regret make, calling themselves Goo Goo Dolls. Really? They, I'm not... <laughs> Goo Goo Dolls said that they, 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 didn't, they weren't really sure of the band name. and they, they used to change it all the time. And then when Iris came out, they go, fuck, now we can't change the name. <laughs> like they, had yeah. to, they had to stick with that because it was such a huge hit. So, uh, but what's worse, the Goo Goo Dolls or the Crash Test Dummies? No, I think Crash Test Dummies is a much better name than Goo Goo Dolls. Yeah, oh. yeah, it's just Goo Goo Dolls doesn't even mean anything. It's just... Right. I mean, all right, so... I remember the Crash Test Dummies were huge for... Like the actual crash test dummies. Oh yeah, yeah. Like yeah. that was a thing. Oh, like no. the actual things. I was like, well, they had the one song. Yeah, no, 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 no not the band. No one gives a fuck yeah. about them. Yeah, no. I, I'm like, well, that's, that, I'm like, Canada I'm literally thinking about. I'm literally thinking. I'm like, those guys in those commercials had a song. Uh, <laughs> I'm happy you mentioned Canada because I did not know. I went. I went to school up in the Midwest and Michigan, and I didn't know that. Um, what's the name of that band? The one that sings, it's been since then, and you looked at me. They're naked ladies. I didn't know there were such a thing in Canada. No, they were, like, huge in Canada. Yeah, they're they're Canadian guys. Yeah, they're Canadian. They're like the pitbulls of Canada. They have a huge following in Canada. They're like like the pitbull of Canada. Yeah, and in Michigan, you know, since in Michigan, we were practically in Canada. Everybody everybody would jam to the bare naked ladies. (laughs) Oh, my God. Can you imagine them going Dali? Hello. Round three. Three is a magic number. Yes, it is. All right, Dave, what do we got for number three, brother? All right, my number three is, um, in my opinion, the most 90s-sounding one that I have. Uh, And it is off of the amazing uh, album Ritual de lo Habitual, uh, and it's Jane's Addiction's Been Caught Stealing. 
Oh, that, that's my number three too. Oh, hey, really? No, okay, no, awesome. No, not really. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm t- whatever you were gonna say, I was just gonna say that was my number three. What is it again? I'm sorry. <laughs> Jane's addiction. Uh, Jane's, Jane's addiction. Uh, being caught stealing. Ah, oh, there you go. Uh, never heard this, of it. This is a you. No, you've heard the song. You oh, I'm sure from, I've heard the they, song. They, I just they play don't the know. I, stuff yeah. all the time. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you you may not know that you've heard it, but you've definitely heard this song. Um, the. I mean, it, it's there's such a '90s sounding rock band, uh, and and you've got Dave Navarro with like the the heavy eyeliner um, and and the the black fingernails, um, and uh, oh my God, what's the name of the singer who went on to like establish Lollapalooza? Perry Farrell. Um, Perry, yeah, Perry Farrell. Perry Farrell. Yeah, I mean, he's just Perry Farrell as. Uh, thank you, Mary. Oh. Yes. Um, uh, <laughs> was it was it Perry Farrell? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know shit. I always like to be that guy that everybody else gives the answer, and I come in like right afterwards, as if I was gonna say it at the same time. But I'm not. I wasn't gonna say it. <laughs> Perry Farrell. That's what I was gonna <laughs> yeah, say. I was gonna right. say Perry Farrell. It was Perry Farrell, by the way. Uh, <laughs> uh, he's he's as like flamboyant and in your face as you could possibly be. Um, I remember speaking about when MTV used to play music videos. I remember watching the music video for this. And just laughing my ass off because he's in drag taking anything that he can off the counters at this convenience store. He's stealing like a gallon of fucking milk and putting it up his dress. And it's just that's the sort of like carefree attitude that not just the the song, but the whole band has. And it's got like a catchy little uh, guitar riff that plays throughout, which, you know, it's it's not much, but it's. It's just enough to keep you bobbing along. This is one that I would definitely say, uh, like borders on that like pop territory, and uh, and then when Dave Navarro comes in with his guitar solo, it's just a ripping guitar solo, and it's fucking awesome. And um, you you don't realize really, I think, how good a guitar player he is because he was so in the tabloids in in the 90s and the 2000s and you know his marriage to Carmen Electra was like a much bigger deal than his musicianship was but he's a really really good songwriter you know, you know also about him he was when, married to Carmen think, fucking Electra yeah, yeah. <laughs> jesus but when i when i think of him i know he was as he said originally from Jimmy's addiction i think of him in the red hot chili peppers one red hot minute yeah yeah, yeah and, that, and actually that's when i first noticed him I don't care for that album. Of oh, the Red Hot Chili Peppers? Yeah, I'm I'm not huge on on that album they did with him. I uh, I when I think of him, when I think of Dave Navarro, I think of uh, Inked uh, of the, uh, the Ink Masters. Yeah, Ink Masters. That's what I think of. Yeah, that that was a really cool show. Is yeah. Um, is one of, one of the things about uh, oh, is it still on? Mm-hmm. With uh, oh, cool. With Bing Cot stealing, like uh, recently, I was having a just like it was like a conversation very similar to doing this show just about like the most 90s song and um that this is one that 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 came up because it really does kind of to the video to the song Mm -hmm. itself to the to the way that it just sounds it really doesn't come for coming out in 1990 it really was something that just sounded like it was from the 90s like uh yeah yeah, i put it up there with like uh possum kingdom and stuff like that i think it sounds like the 90s I think Jane's addiction was very much a creature of his time in terms that um, it was alternative. And right. like alternative music was whatever that was, was very big at that time. Like people don't talk about alternative music now. 
but really what was alternative music? And they were very much what that was, even though we're not sure exactly what it means. I'm watching but the, they were very much the face of that. I'm watching the video, yeah. and this dude is really in full drag with a huge... Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Harry, Harry Pharrell doesn't give a fuck. But I, I love the fact that when he walks in, he says hi to the security guard, and the security guard says hi to, hi, hi to him, and he's in drag. And then as he walks away, the security guard gives a face to the camera like, ugh. very much. Whether you're a fan of being addiction or not he's very much the definition of a frontman like oh, yeah. yeah oh yeah, yeah. yeah. That band. yeah like he's up there with like scott wyland and a bunch of people yeah. who just it just embody what it is to be a front man yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and then i i remember um in uh in high school when um was i in high school maybe i was in college ready when grand theft auto san andreas came out uh this song was on one of the radio stations on the rock station and so I, I would constantly like wait for this to loop around. And then every time, every time this song would come on, I would start like another killing spree because this song just kind of like, it, it gets inside of your, your system. You're like, yeah, man, I want to go stealing, you know, I want to walk right through the door and I, I don't want to p- pay for it. You know, <laughs> this is actually a favorite song uh, for NFL quarterback, James Winston, which is weird. Is it? Okay. <laughs> it, it, uh, sense, what was it? Cra- cra- crab legs? Right? Crab legs. <laughs> yes. Crab legs. Yeah. Uh, all right. So big caught stealing. Jane's addiction. All right. Um, Deej, what do you got for your number three, brother? All right. So my number three is what I think is not only a great song of 1990, but one of the best songs of all time. And I actually thought it was released in 89, but it was actually released in February of 90, which is Enjoy the Silence by the Best Mode. Oh, oh so yeah. good. So that I, I mean, what was to say about what's not what what can I say that has not been said about that song? Well, I will say is that in um I think it was like 2002-2003 Depeche Mode released an album of their songs reinterpreted by them. It wasn't like somebody else redoing the song. And they did a version of it in Enjoy the Silence that was a little bit more electronic, which generally I'm not a fan of electronic music. <laughs> generally but it's actually badass so i invite you guys to listen to it it's just enjoy the silence reinterpreted um it's actually really really good but that song i mean i that's a timeless song again you listen to that song now and you wouldn't know that it's 30 years old and, is- and i think a lot of people forget that when that song came out the festival had been around for a really long time yeah. so they were kind of peaking years so many years later um from you know, from the first debut. Well, it was kind of like them and New Order for a long time was mm-hmm. like the peak of that sort of electronic, you know. Like say, do they yeah. count as new wave? Like yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. This song is yeah, great. I, I I love that band, man. I almost uh, I I was like this close to putting Personal Jesus. Mm. But Personal Jesus was released in 89. Yeah. Because even it's from it, the same album, right? Yeah, yeah. Even though it charted all through 1990, I was like, oh, God. And that's the one I really wanted to put on. Uh, but, fuck, yeah. I'm, I'm glad that we got to talk about the festival because it's such a great band. 
Uh, I, I'm with you, Dave. Uh, personal Jesus is one of my personal favorites, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I I forget the names. I'm not great at names of songs. I'm just not good with names of things. Period. People are like, "Oh, you've heard that song," and then I just put it on now. I don't know if you guys could hear that in the background, but I just put it on on my tablet now, and I was like, "Oh, I do know that song," and of course I love that yeah. song. That song is great. But I'm I was I looked up Personal Jesus for that reason. There's a couple of these bands and groups that I looked up, like which like they they charted or they came out. They released songs in 1990 which made me think of their other more popular songs and they came out earlier or later but yeah yeah this song is fantastic it, it really is fucking great man because you can't go wrong with the Mode, you know yeah they just did a they just did a documentary there was a documentary on them like last year i think yeah they were, yeah they were either filming oh, really? it or they re, or they did uh of a, a re, uh no i think they released i think they did a, a screening of it late last year if i'm not mistaken um the thing about them is that again for being like new wave or like synthesizer heavy as we said their songs still don't sound dated which is strange because so many things that were like in the 80s that were heavy on like the synthesizer sound really dated at this point but i don't i mean maybe somebody else listens to it and thinks it's dated but to me, it doesn't really sound dated. The, the one thing I'll say about Depeche Mode, I, I have nothing against Depeche Mode. I like him just fine. I uh, Occasionally, I'll be listening to a song, and I'll go, is this in excess or Depeche Mode? Mm. <laughs> fair question. That. Fair question. That's a fair question, I think. Um, all right. or, or is it Tears for Fears, or is it Depeche Mode? <laughs> <laughs> Tears for Fears. Uh, all right, so, uh, Debono, what do you got for your number three? Uh, my number three, uh, we can now talk about it. Deej, my number three came out February 24th of 1990 and it's Poison by Belle Bibb DeVoe. Mm -hmm. Hell yeah. Um, it was as off the album was actually called Poison as well. Uh, it's, uh, it's just, it's a, it's again, it's a fun song to listen to. Um, it's written by a guy named Dr. Freeze who actually also wrote, I want to sex you up for color me bad for what that's worth. Phenomenal um, song. Phenomenal. <laughs> yeah. And um, it actually started as a letter that he wrote to an ex-girlfriend. And then he kind of turned it into a song and his friends were like, no, that's not good. And he played it for Belle DeVoe and they were like, that's incredible. You've got to let us have that song. And they took it, I mean, just into the stratosphere. I believe it finished the year as one of the top five singles for the entire year of 1990. Well, um, you know, it's, it's, solid life advice to never trust a big butt and a smile and uh without this song we wouldn't have the amazing scene of turk and scrubs lip syncing while dancing which is now a fortnight dance as these as these things continue to work in cycles well i i i mean obviously you can't deny the, the how, like the, the beat and like how contagious that song is. But um, for me, one of the biggest reasons I, I, I've always liked the song is because my favorite genre of music is R&B. And Poison was one of the first, like, big, big mainstream R&B songs. I mean, obviously, there was R&B before, but that was a huge hit by kid guys that were really popular doing, you know, like, boy band music. And just to come back and regroup and do, like, such a, like, without song. their lead singer <laughs> <laughs> um and and again do r&b and for me personally that was like one of the beginnings of me kind of going into that genre in terms of music that i personally like as my favorite so that's why you know it, it, it when when you said music of 1990 that was actually the very first song i thought about i was like a poison yeah and i um i always i always look back on new jack swing as a, an era of music that i feel like 
people don't acknowledge enough until you start naming New Jack Swing mm-hmm. songs, and then they're like, oh, that is yeah. really good. I'm like, yeah. I know. That's why people should talk about New Jack <laughs> yeah. Swing and, and New Jack Swing. respect on it. What's interesting about New Jack Swing is that I feel its viability was very short in terms of like like lifespan was very short, but it made very quickly. It went from like you know like lesser known black artists to like Paul Abdul and Madonna doing New Jack Swing because Madonna um, her record from '92 Erotica is predominantly. New Jack Swing, and so was Paul Abdul, and these were like mainstream, mainstream artists. So in just a couple of years, like that, you know, that music went so big. Yeah, and so. to, and like I said, as I always try to, I'm, people are like, oh, what, what is New Jack Swing? I'm like, oh, let me tell you. <laughs> so yeah, uh, Poison. It's again, it's another one. My, my 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 first two here are songs that. I just go back and I listen to still to this day and I still have fun listening to them. And I, I, I think that they, they hold up as being solid songs. I will still, I will play poison um, while I DJ school dances. Cause the parents always like think it's, I teach at elementary school for anybody who doesn't know. And, uh, but I will actually play poison at elementary school dances and the parents always get a big kick out of it. And the kids, even if they've never heard it before, you know, they'll, they'll immediately kind of pick up and be enjoying it. So just a fun song. And and that's another song, kind of like when you were talking about the Humpty Dance, that it has like um, a loop that is timeless. That song, no matter what genre it is, the melody of that song, it's driving me out of my mind. That, that whole melody, I mean, you again, you can't deny that. No matter what type of music you're into, you can't, you cannot sing along to it. Yeah. Alright, uh, can you remember that? Remember when people used to ask, like, hey, who do you think is better, uh, Paulo Abdul or Janet Jackson? Remember that was actually a conversation that took place? That's hilarious. <laughs> that conversation did not date very well, <laughs> did not age well. Well, we might have an answer <laughs> to that very soon. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Alright, uh, so that's your number three, correct? Yes. The Bona? Alright, so my number three is the only rock song that I have on my list, and it was very hard to come up with. Again, I'm trying to hit all different genres, um, as many as I could. Not they're not all different, but I try to hit different genres and I try to I had to get a rock song in there because I wanted to because there were such great rock songs that came out um in that year. But uh this one, while admittedly may not be the best rock song that came out of that year, it is my favorite and it it, it it uh, is it is uh, two things. One, because I love the band unapologetically, and two, it was in the soundtrack of one of my favorite movies of that year. So my number three is uh, "Blaze of Glory" by Bon Jovi. By Bon Jovi, oh, yeah. Table. All right. <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead, and table that one. All right. Uh, wow. Man, that's a video that got a lot of rotation on them. Yeah. We'll talk, we'll talk about that later. We'll talk about. It. Uh, but you know, it's funny because I. You know, normally we've done uh, uh, mountain. We've done we've done uh, geek more episodes before in a past with music, and we've had, we, there's been like three or four different uh, episodes where we've done music. Two of which we didn't repeat a single one. That like nobody yeah. picked, nobody nobody tabled anything, and we've already tabled two in this in this list, and we're o- we're only two picks in. So I think uh, that's fantastic. I mean, I, I like it, dude. I'm I'm in. I'm uh, I'm down. So I'm glad that that's a thing. I'm glad that we're doing that. Hold on. I'm just trying to get the sound for there you go round two dose the sequel to uno 
All right. So number twos, Dave, what do you got, man? Hit me. Uh, my number two was released early in 1990, January of 1990, off of uh, one of ACDC's later albums, The Razor's Edge, Thunderstruck. Oh, right. All right. So, uh, man, you I really are going rock like, damn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, listen, here, here's the thing is when, whenever we do one of, one of these, and I know that we, we've done them before. I, um, I always have to kind of make that decision whether I want to do like, like Neri does and, uh, diversify my, my mountain, uh, because there's a, there's a, a whole ton of, of pop and, uh, and, and hip hop songs that I really like from this era. Or if I'm going to be true to myself and say, hey, listen, I, truthfully, I would rather talk about these songs that are more important to me than if I were to put, uh, I don't know, like, uh, yeah, no, you, know, dude, you it can't makes, touch this you just, on there. You, you got to stay, you you stay true to yourself, dude. I, exactly. I, I, I have the, like, I, like, the fact that I put a rock song, you know what I mean? Like I said, it more a lot of it has to do with the fact that it's in a movie that I love. Like, it, like it, again, it's all you gotta right. stay true to yourself, dude. You can't. And right. me, we, uh, me and Jeff teased uh, Dave a lot because whenever we do one of these mountains, we we know, like we after before we even start making our list, we like Dave is gonna pick these are the movies or these are the lists that Dave's gonna make because he, he's true to himself, and that's a that's a good thing, dude. I think that's a, that's great. Thank you. So uh, so yeah, I. Um, I was really between what to put here in my ACDC though. How, wait, how do you spell that? <laughs> <laughs> the the H is silent. Ah, ah. Where does the Where does the Y yeah. go? <laughs> uh, so yeah, Thunderstruck starts off with uh, just like one of the most amazing guitar riffs of all time, and whether you notice it or not, because the rest of the band kicks in and when the song takes over, it kind of gets faded into the background of the song, but that riff is going on the entire time. Yeah. And, um, if, if I know, uh, anything about Angus Young, which I, I, I think I do having read a whole bunch of interviews with him when I was, you know, geeking out over guitarists when I was in middle school and high school and finding every little interview that I could and reading it, um, so that I could try to absorb their knowledge as a as a musician. Angus is um, the one. Uh, really quick, please. I'm not familiar. I'm not complete. Angus is the one that's still going to private school, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. Making sure. <laughs> All right. Just making sure. I want to make sure which one we're talking yeah. about. <laughs> yeah. Ho- hopefully, uh, you know, he- he'll get his diploma this uh, this spring. <laughs> no. So um, he he didn't loop it. He sat there and recorded every little note. And he played it himself because he's that badass. Um, and so it, it, it just goes throughout the whole fucking song. And the, the the vocals by Brian Johnson are just out of hand. Yeah, he like, has an incredible voice. Yeah, and, and even though I, I tend to lean more towards the um, towards the Bon Scott uh, vocals of the, the early ACDC, um, I, I really do think that they are a better and stronger band in in his absence. When uh, after he died and they came out with Back Back in Black, I think every album that came after that only got better and better and better. And when you have a band that's been going since the uh, since the early seventies to have an album come out in nineteen ninety 
and you still have hits like Thunderstruck on it, that's fucking amazing. Because, mo- I mean, most bands are lucky if they get a single. Yeah. Right, yeah. most More, fans are lucky. It's if, hard if to get a hit. The music one. industry is tough. Dude. Yeah, you know, you know. Yeah, yeah, I know. I mean, I, I I tried legitimately for ten years to uh, to make it in the music industry. Uh, yeah, and uh, management deals and uh, and recording deals and and nothing. <laughs> yeah. You know, and that's that's what ten years got me. So um, the fact that that ACDC after like twenty years. Of, of hitting it hard and, and writing song after song and touring uh, year in and year out can still pull out what I think is one of their best songs. Like I would rank this in, in the mountain of ACDC song. Uh, to me, that's, that's just astounding. And that at, uh, I think he was in his forties or yeah, forties at this time, late forties that Angus Young can still play this way. And that uh, in his forties, Brian Johnson can still sing that way. I mean, that's that's incredible. And then the the song itself is just like it's, it's, it's steroids, bro. Rock it's steroids. Song. They're, they're juicing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's it's sad because uh, Johnson can't sing anymore. He he was told uh, by his doctors, like, listen, you continue to tour, you continue to sing, and uh, you will lose your voice forever. And so mm. so the so the band had to retire. Uh, I think two years ago. And then Malcolm Young, uh, Angus's brother, died last year of cancer. So the the band is is done. The band is effectively done. But um, what they left behind is uh, just one of the most incredible catalogs of of rock and roll. You can put in any ACDC album, including Razor's Edge, and uh, go start to finish, not skip a single song, and um, and and you're gonna have a great time. This is great driving music. You just you know push play. There's a, there's a uh, lot of there's a lot of guys who have this as their intro music too for uh, uh, University of Alabama Crimson Tide. That yeah. is what our guys come out of the tunnel to. Which is why I hate is, this song. So it's Thunderstruck. Exactly why. Um, my you know what my actual favorite thing about Thunderstruck, and it's this it's that moment at the very end when you do realize that that riff has been looping the whole time because it just kind of like decays out. Like right. at the very end of the song, and you hear it just slow and slow until the song's over, and that's when you have that realization. It's like, oh my god, he's been doing this for the entire song. Yeah. Now I'm gonna have to listen to the song really loud when we're done. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the only way to listen. The to only ACDC way to listen to Thunderstruck or ACDC yeah. in general. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, Deej, what do you got for your number three or number two? So my number two. So I'm gonna mix it up a little bit here, and this. Could be a little surprising, maybe not. But my number two song is actually Black Cat by Janet Jackson. <laughs> okay. Okay. That song, that song is that you could rock to that song. And I feel that it came out of nowhere because, you know, she's a, a pop R&B artist. And that's from the Rhythm Nation album, which, you know, again, since I was around at that time, uh, I was, you know, 10, 12 years old. That was like a huge, huge album. That album spanned singles for like three years. And um, it had like seven, eight singles. And that was one of the, the, I think it was released at the end of 90. But that song is a, like you can rock to that song. The riff of that song in the bridge is pretty awesome. And I just thought that it, um, it kind of introduced a, a new kind of facet for her in terms of the type of music she could do. 
And I know, I think it sounds good 30 years later. It still sounds pretty good to listen to really loud in your car. Yeah, uh, the actual track, Rhythm Nation, is one that I lost to realizing that it was actually released in 89, or I would have had yeah. some Janet Jackson on my yeah. list as well. Yeah, but the, the, the weird thing about that album, I don't know if you guys know, that I actually hold the distinction, I think, with Guinness, uh, Guinness World Records, that it's the only album that had seven top five singles in the span of, I think, 89 through 91. That's, like, crazy. Like, that doesn't happen anymore. Um, so that's why actually when I was thinking of that song, I have to go back and see when it was released because God knows it could have been released in like 91, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I, I love that song. Even till today, I, I, I think it's one of her best songs. So that answers your question. Are you, are, you're listening to it, aren't you? Near? Yeah, yeah, I'm listening. I'm, I'm watching and I'm listening. I'm trying to. Can you guys hear that? Because it's on. I, I could hear it through the. I heard the, I heard the. I heard the panther. Oh yeah, I heard yeah. the panther. Yeah, and it's like when you were listening to Ben Cot stealing. I can hear the dogs barking. It's yeah. like the sound effects <laughs> are what we catch. Yeah, but it's so, a, like it's so just to answer your question. Yeah. Questionary Paul Abdul Janet Jackson. I mean, is that really a question? Well, that was, but that was a question back then, though. Back then, that's why. No, I, I that's why I said. I, I, I said, remember when that was actually a question? Like it, now, it's yeah. it's ridiculous for you to think that. Like now, right. it's like it's not a like that's, Paul Abdul in her time was. I mean, who? I mean, everybody liked Paul Abdul. She, she had, yeah, she had that. I mean, you know, she had all those great songs. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but Janet Jackson, I mean, she has like a really big body of work, and uh, I actually saw her in concert two years ago. And it was it was awesome. She still she still has it. Red Velvet is one of my uh as uh, uh Velvet Rope, that's what it is. The Velvet Rope. Yeah, yeah I Velvet love that Rope. one too. Uh, all right, so yeah. number 2 the Bona. Uh my number 2 so now uh we can get to it near July 21st 1990 uh Blaze of Glory. Um, and if I could do my, my, my Dave impression here to you Neri, uh this is actually not a Bon Jovi song. This is the debut solo single of John Bon Jovi. He, I was about to ask that. I was that was um, that a John Bon Jovi song or Bon yes, Jovi? It's actually a John Bon Jovi song, not a band Bon Jovi song. Um, and the the story of it is Emilio Estevez asked him to use "Wanted Dead or Alive" for the Young Guns Two soundtrack. And he was like, I get the, the feel that you want, but that song is about touring and being on the road. That's not going to go good with the movie. And so he wrote Blaze of Glory because he didn't want to put uh, Wanted Dead or Alive in Young Guns 2. Remember when Emilio Estevez had juice enough to be able to ask a, a top band, like, hey, can you do this song? And they're like, I'll just write you another song. Like, that's This is the year we're fucking talking about. That's how crazy of a time it was that Emilio Estevez um, but- had juice. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this is a song that just like this. This is this. You can put this on like a workout playlist, and and, and it is. Uh, like, it's on my. It's literally on my workout yeah. playlist. Legit. I'm not exaggerating. Yeah, like it's 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 got it's it's got an intensity to it. The lyrics are just great. Like the the songwriting that went into this is is just incredible. Like I said, it's got that slow kind of start, and then it just builds into that incredible chorus that just makes it a song that very, very much still stands the test of time. Like, you listen to Blaze of Glory now, you're still going to get hyped. Like, you're just sitting on your couch, it starts playing, and you're hyped now. Yeah. It's funny, because I feel that sometimes uh, Bon Jovi, as a band, or well, or as a solo singer, or whatever, they don't get the recognition they deserve. I think a lot of times they get stuck in that whole hair yeah. band metal genre, and, I mean, they have such great, great Well, and it's, 
And like, I can, I can understand the concept of this is what you do and you want to keep doing it. And you know, like, but I just, I wish that event, I wish that there was a point where they would have been like, we're either going to go away or stop, stop making music before we release Have a Nice Day. Like, oh. like, you didn't like Have a Nice like, Day? No. no. Not as, I, if, if it was by somebody else, if it wasn't a Bon Jovi song, I might have enjoyed it. But yeah, when I listen to Bon Jovi, I want to I want to hear Slippery When Wet, right? I want, uh, that's, that's the Bon Jovi I want. I don't want Have a Nice Day, Bon Jovi. But you never know because look, when, before It's My Life came out, they were pretty much written off. Dude, that yeah. song's so fucking and, good. And then that song came out, and it was enormous. Right, that song and was one of the first songs that came out to on stage when I could like when you know because when you're when you first start doing comedy, you're an open micer. They don't fucking ask you, hey, what song do you want to come out to? Uh, but uh, right when that song was 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 popping, I was like, hey, can I can I come out to this song? And they're like, yeah, sure. And I was like, yeah, I picked my own thing, my own come out. And it was yeah, yeah, I fucking <laughs> love it. But to talk about Blaze of Glory, yeah, the fact that it was uh, in a Young Guns movie, uh, I, which I adore that franchise. I adore those movies. Uh, still really upset that you can't get them streaming on iTunes or fucking Voodoo, which is really annoying. Yeah, you can only do Young Guns 2. It's weird. No, you're going to do part one and uh, and you could, uh, yeah, you can only do part one. You can't do part two, and you can only do part one on Amazon. You can't do it anywhere else. And it's like, what the? F- what kind of world are we living in? Um, but uh, I love those movies. Love the song. Uh, I agree with you, Debona. It's it's fantastic. It's it's one of those. Um, I didn't know the history of the song because I, I'm a dummy, and I'm like, it sounds good. This is cool. Uh, <laughs> I never took the time to I'm actually. Fight. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I never took the time to actually like learn shit. Um, but. But uh, yeah, it's it's a fun. I love that fucking song. And again, it's very difficult. Like I I thought about putting Thunderstruck because it was it's a it's a great song. What, what movie is that? What are Young we Guns at? Two streaming somewhere. Where is that on? iTunes. iTunes. It must. Yeah, man. Fucking have, have no, man. It's been, it's been there a long time. No, man. I, me and Dave checked. Me and yep. Jeff. Me and Jeff looked for it when we were doing the 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 Westerns Mountain. We literally both looked it up then. That was what a month ago. However long ago we did the Westerns Mountain, we, yeah, Jeff okay, and I. You say so, man. Uh, well, me and Jeff are liars. Uh, so, um, so yeah, but I, I, I love those movies. Love the song. It's fantastic. Uh, so that's why it was at my number three. And the only reason it, it's not high. Any of these songs could really alternate, but really, uh, nostalgia plays a huge role in, 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 in music. I think it's one of those things where when you listen to music, it takes you back. Yes, absolutely. It has, it has the power to take you back to a certain time, uh, good or bad. And uh, in my mind. I'm my number one and two is very, very strong in my DNA. Like it's like if you were able to dissect DNA and see like what song was he listening to in in, in his childhood, it was my number one and two. And so my number three, uh, my yeah, my number three, Blaze of Glory. It was your number two. Uh, and it was my number two, yeah. So for number twos, we have oh wait, I haven't done my number two. <laughs> uh, so speaking of that DNA, uh, this is the most uh, when you speak Miami music, this is the kind of music that that uh, again, Mentirosa was very Miami-ish, just because it was Spanglish and it was sung by a Cuban American. Uh, but uh, my number two is one of those songs where I feel like uh, because of the type of song it is, because the type of genre it is, it was primarily in Miami and New York, from what I'm told. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they had it in other places. But for me, uh, it, this song is one of these songs that is in my playlist, in multiple different playlists. And uh, it is Dream Boy, Dream Girl by Cynthia and Johnny Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> I have never even heard of this. Yeah. Uh, oh, you're, my gosh. You're, you're, not, you're not wrong, man. Miami that's, that's Miami and New York and maybe LA. Yeah. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. These, that, this, that was like the pinnacle of freestyle music. Yeah, absolutely. And I looked yeah. up, uh, like, like um, Stevie B had a song that came out in 1990, and it was a good song, but it wasn't one of his great songs. So I'm like, which I'm not going to. Which was it? Uh, uh, Remember I Love You or something like that? I forget which one it was. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. And, Cynthia and Johnny I love O. You. Cynthia and Johnny O. is called okay. Dream Boy slash Dream Girl. Uh, and it's so fucking, like, it's, it's again, it's that freestyle, it's that new wave freestyle Miami music where it's just like, it's, it's, you know, you're, you're going to hear the song, the and you're going to be like, oh yeah, this sounds like something Neri would listen to. Like, freestyle it's just, music, fucking, it's just, freestyle music is badass. Yeah, it's still my I favorite type it. of music. It's still my favorite type of music. It's music that they don't make anymore. It's literally a genre that does not exist anymore in it the sense exist. of nobody's making new freestyle music. Uh, and it, barely, barely existed to begin with. Yes, correct. Like, like you said, it was located, like it was centralized. Miami, New York, where there was like a like a dense Latino population. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then I'm right there with you, man. I love freestyle music. I love this song. That's an amazing fucking thing. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I'm glad, man. <laughs> so Dream Boy, well, Dream you know Girl. What? I did not see that coming. <laughs> really? That's that's my <laughs> no, shit. I did. Freestyle music is no, no, really no, it's awesome. Yeah. It's awesome. You know, you know I what? Love it. Now. Now, now that you mention it, this song came on when we were at uh, at, at Thunder Wheels. Yes, or Power Wheels. Of course. Uh, last year, no, but what he's talking about last year. We did a we did a group trip last year. Yeah, and a song came on, and this song came on, and you mentioned that this was one of your favorite songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it really is. Yeah, I, and to be fair, to be fair, I did not, I did it because I'm going through the list. Yeah, we all Google, you know, songs of came out in the year 1990, blah blah blah. And this song was nowhere to be found. I didn't know this song came out in 1990 until uh, one of my friends, uh, uh, Dave's cousin, uh, Lewis, replied to my, one of my social medias, replied to the question, because I always ask a social media, like, hey, what, what would you vote for your top four? But I do that for every topic. And sometimes I get more replies than others. This 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 topic got, got a couple of replies, and Lewis is one of those, uh, and he replied with Dream Girl, Dream Boy, and I was like, get the fuck out of here that came out, and i had to look it up and it's because of lewis that i realized that this song came out in 1990 because nowhere on google did, did on no list this shit this song came out on nobody's list on google for songs that came out in 1990 but because of lewis i was like yeah all right thank you for telling me that you uh you may not know this but lewis and i have an uncle who was uh really big in the freestyle scene Oh yeah, here in Miami and and uh, and in New York. Yeah, he had he had a freestyle band that uh, that charted on uh, on the Billboard dance charts, uh, and uh, so like we grew up watching him, you know, play with Expose and and uh, all all these like amazing freestyle bands. Like that is, um, I love Miami culture and I love uh, retro culture, and I think that when you combine those things, what you get is freestyle. Yeah, yeah, and. Uh, Brian, I, I love this pick, and I, I, I love you. you. Maybe it's because I've had a little too much to drink. You but, know what's uh, interesting? I, I, I love you too, Neri. So you said <laughs> that that wasn't on any chart, like Billboard and all that. I bet you if you go to like Power 96, oh, they had yeah. charts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Sure. Of course. That was a Power 96 paper. If you go to Thunder Wheels, a top 100 songs of Thunder Wheels <laughs> from 1990, that song was definitely Give there. Hot Wheels. Yeah. Hot Wheels I'm, back in the day. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a note to listen to so, Okay, so just real quick. So when you say like freestyle is the genre. It's not freestyle um, hip hop. It's not rapping. It's, it's, right, it's, right, yeah. right, 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 right. So well, you, you say freestyle in Miami. When you say freestyle Miami, you gotta distinguish if you're talking about freestyle like hip hop 
or freestyle like from the 80s. Yeah. Because it's free- like dance electronica. But, it's, uh, but not with Latino beats. Yeah, but yeah, it's like late '80s, early '90s. So you're gonna look up this song. Like, uh, you're gonna look up Diamond Keep Girl. Lisa? Uh, yeah. Mm. Eh. The, the, the closest, the closest that you may know of, because they were they were freestyle, but they were a little bit more mainstream. Was TKA. But even Expose, Expose was really mainstream. I mean, their song I started. Right. Okay, I remember right. Right. Like you know, remember okay. the song "Come Go With Me," "Point of No Return," "Let Me Be the One." All that is free stuff. Okay, yeah. so yeah. that's that's what I was gonna. Point, I was point gonna, of No Return was a was a big hit. I was gonna yeah. give you. I was yeah. gonna give you a couple of songs. I was gonna tell you. You're gonna look up this song, uh, Dream Boy, Dream Girl. You're gonna look up Diamond Girl. You're gonna look up uh, uh, Point yeah. of No Return, and then you're gonna look up Stevie. B, just the last initial B, and and which is a king of, of freestyle, and that's it. That's all you need to know. Okay. And then from there you're going hey, to, I from there you're going, and, and to give, uh, but uh, to give the bonus <laughs> credit, we did a we did an episode years ago on uh, f- uh favorite one hit wonders, and my number one was um was some by four. Uh and and uh Debona hit me up. He was like, Man, this song is awesome. And I was like, the Spanish one? And he was like, Yeah. And I'm like, I did not expect a dude from Alabama to hit me up <laughs> talking about this one hit wonder from Miami sung in Spanish is is a oh, is great. Yeah. You mean I'm always down hit- to find I'm always down to find new music, man. You mean I, your I favorite one hit on wonder was not Rico Suave by Gerardo. That was also on my list. That was also on my list, sir. <laughs> that was also on my Which list. Which I think that song is from, actually, isn't that song from 1990? <laughs> no, no, it was not. I looked up that fucking song because I would have been on my list immediately. Uh, no, no, it wasn't. It wasn't in 1990, but it was fucking fantastic either way. Uh, all right, so our number uh, twos are Thunderstruck uh, by this little band ACDC. Am I pronouncing it correctly? ACDC? Um, uh, more, more I. But uh, okay. <laughs> uh, I say, they say. Um, Black Cat by Janet Jackson, uh, and uh, Blaze of Glory by John Bon Jovi, and uh, Dream Boy Dream Girl by Cynthia and Johnny O. So that is the number two. So we have honorable mentions. Ja- I've got a, I've got a couple of the Facebooks pulled up right here. Cool. What what page do you have? Happy. What page do you have, uh, Debona? I'm on your personal page. All right, cool. Cool, cool, cool. I'm so happy nobody has mentioned, and I hope it's nobody's number one, because I think it's one of the worst songs in the world, Hold On by Wilson Phillips. <laughs> the number one song from 1990. Genius. But yeah, no, definitely not my number one. All right, so um, I've got, um, uh, God, I'm sorry if I massacre any of your friends' names here. Uh, Jemiah Leonard. Yep. Um, uh, Mama Said Knock You Out by L. Cool J. Can't Touch This, MC Hammer. Mm. Uh, the Humpty Dance. Um, and then I'm not going to mention the next one because it's going to come up again in a second. Uh, her honorable mentions are, I like the way. Jemiah's uh, a male. Jemiah's a male. Jemiah's a male. Yeah. Oh, excuse me. Okay. Jemai- I apologize. Um, uh, vision of love by Mariah Carey. Going to make you sweat by CNC music factory. Yes. And, yes. And yes. I, that's my, actually, I, that's my honorable man. One of, one of my honorable mentions is CNC music and, factory. And do me by Belvedere DeVoe. Oh, can yeah, I just can I just tell uh, you that one of my favorite I love CNC Music Factory and I love that song, but one of my favorite things about that song is that it was used in a Simpsons episode. Uh, and if you if you know the Simpsons, it was uh, Homer gets finds a friend, a dude who happens to be gay, and it's literally like he it freaks Homer out because he doesn't realize that he's gay until much later on. And so when he does learn he's gay, he freaks out and he thinks that he has to uh, uh, he's gonna uh, he has to masculine uh, uh, butt up. So he's like, no, I. 
got to so he puts him in front of a billboard with a woman with a, with a woman in a bikini with a cigarette and then he he comes he leaves him there for like an hour and he comes back and he goes so what do you think and he goes well I'm in the mood for a cigarette uh, and that's all he cared about and then he took him to he took him to a steel factory to a steel mill and it's yeah he's like oh these are real oh, men all the guys are working with no shirts on it. Yeah, they're, they're real men. And then he goes, I, this is one of my favorite scenes in The Simpsons. He goes, uh, he goes, all right, it's time, it's time for a break. And then Homer goes, a break? And he goes, yeah, we work hard and we play hard. And then the fucking <laughs> song starts playing from CNC Music Factory. Everybody. Yeah, everybody uh, dance. And then there's uh, uh, there's everybody. And then and then Bart looks at Homer and goes, why did you bring me to a gay steel mill? Like, it's the fucking funniest. <laughs> <laughs> it's so fantastic. And because I love the simpsons so much and i love this song already it was like the perfect combination of both those things but whenever i hear or think of cnc music factory i think of that episode of the simpsons you right? think of that uh, um and then we've got uh um yvette la rosa on here um blaze of glory by uh, john bon jovi black cat by janet jackson all i want to do is make love to you by heart great choice great song yeah um and vogue by madonna all right. All right. All right. Uh, I've got the, uh, by the way, great pronunciation on uh, La Rosa there. Oh, I looked right at it and I was like, all right, watch this. I'm going to blow their dicks off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so on the Mount Geekmore page, we've got Christian uh, Calzadillas, who has uh, EMF Unbelievable. Oh, wow. Yeah. Jesus Jones, right here, right now. Vanilla Ice, Ice Ice Baby. And how did it take, how long have we been recording? How no. did it take that long for Vanilla Ice to come out? And then what, had him an honorable mention. And, then, so I just and then what else, Dave? What else does he have? Uh, and NWA, 100 Miles and Running. Uh, and then we've got uh, Andrea Viafana, who's got uh, Mariah Carey, Vision of Love at number four. Vanilla Ice, Ice Ice Baby. Uh, New Kids on the Block, Step by Step, number two. <sighs> honorable mentions are MC Hammer, You Can't Touch This, and TVB, Because I Love You. And her number one is Madonna. Oh. Right. Yeah. Fantastic list. I have for an audible mention is it is actually now not good because technically it was released in December of eighty nine. And interesting, it was the last number one song of eighty nine and the first number one song of nineteen ninety, which is Another Day in Paradise by Phil Collins. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I oh, had a great song. I had that song on my list and then when I learned about that I was like, No, gotta delete that one off. Yeah, but it was oh, I'm glad when these things happen because I'm like, Oh good, it makes it easier and narrow like I can't use that one, so I can't even think yeah. about that one. But yeah. yeah, it's a great one. I also have a, a couple of more that I have in my honorable mentions. I love um It Must Have Been Love by uh, Roxette from the Pretty Woman soundtrack. Um that was a good song. And um Praying for Time by George Michael. <laughs> you listen to that song I now. I love and George it's like, Michael, man. Yeah, that song. You listen to that song now. And it's like, <laughs> whoa. <laughs> um, so let's see what else. Um, I have you can't touch this. <laughs> for, you know, shits and giggles. But yeah. In 1990, that was most likely my favorite song. Dave. Because I, <laughs> I remember watching the music video for that. It may be one of my earliest memories, watching the music video for that and trying to do the, the hammer dance. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, man. I was absolutely obsessed with that song. Uh, Dave, what do you got? Uh, so I've got um, Judas Priest Painkiller off the Painkiller album. Uh, which has some of the most incredible vocals you've ever heard. Uh, Epic from uh, Faith No More off of the Real Thing album. I fucking love that band, love that song. Um, 
Neri, I'm sure you've heard it, even though you, you probably don't uh, remember it. Uh, another band which I've only recently gotten into, and I can't believe it took me this long to get into them, which is Midnight Oil. Uh, there's a song called Blue Sky Mine off of Blue Sky Mining, which is uh, amazing, knocks your socks off. Uh, one of my all-time favorite bands, Rush, released a band called Presto in 89, and they had a single called The Pass, which is kind of a very somber song, but very Rush, and uh, and I love it very much. And then um, when you mentioned uh, Miami Freestyle, it got me thinking about my uncle's band. So I'm going to throw out one, uh, Come On and Dance With Me, by Paris by Air, which was released in 90, which is a, a great example of a classic uh, Miami freestyle. All right. Uh, DeBono? Um, so most of mine we mentioned real quick, Dave, Midnight Oil, Beds Are Burning. Oh, I love that Okay, song. just making sure I was thinking of the right band. All right. Um, yeah. I, I've only got two that haven't been mentioned at this point. Um, Cradle of Love by Billy Idol was released mm-hmm. in 1990. Um, just a, a, a funny song, really. Again, just kind of fun to listen to. And this is a song that I unabashedly love, but could not force myself to say is one of the best for. But honest to God, I love this song with every bit of my heart. And it's King of Wishful Thinking by Go West. Oh, that sounds fantastic. So, I was just listening to it right now. Oh, it's fucking oh, great. Also, also from Pretty Woman. Also from Pretty Woman, yes. Um, so, so good. Um, and you want to talk about standing the test of time. Not only, okay, so that song was released in 1990. There is a pop punk group named Newfound Glory that does albums mm-hmm. called From the Silver Screen to Your Stereo, where they cover songs from movie soundtrack and they do this absolutely incredible version of king of wishful thinking where they don't even really make it a pop punk song they're just like we're just gonna sing king of wishful thinking because it's such a damn good song and um it's just it's it's a song that i like i said unashamedly love yeah as you shouldn't be ashamed of that. Listen, um, yeah. the, my of mentions are all going to sound ridiculous to everybody, but I fucking love every one of them, and I'm unapologetic about it. I legitimately love all these songs. I do have MC Hammer's You Can't Touch It. I don't even fucking apologize for that. I have... Uh, it's a great I, song, man. You should. Yeah, you should I have not. I have Blame It on the Rain by the guys who called themselves Millie Vanilli, but they actually weren't <laughs> Millie Vanilli because they weren't the, the ones time, singing the fucking songs. The whole time <laughs> I was looking at this, I was like, is anybody going to put Millie Vanilli on there? Like, now that we know they weren't actually singing milly vanilly songs or whoever they were oh awesome yeah. on the rain is dope as shit it was whoever fucking- was actually Singing Blame It on the Rain, they're ballers. That song Yeah, yeah. Blame It on the Rain is great. And I'll tell you this right now, one of my all-time favorite songs from that era is um, is Grow You Know It's True. Had that song, yeah. had that song come out in 1990, we might be talking about that on my number one. Like, legit <laughs> love fucking Millie Vanilli, Grow You Know It's True. Uh, but Blame It on the Rain is there. Uh, the I Got the Power, uh, it's just called The Power by Snap, uh, yeah. is one of my favorite. That Talk about a Power 96 song. It, it was literally, uh, there's a radio station the bono down here called power 96 and that was all you fucking heard in 1990 91 it was like uh like with my snap attack front to back in this thing it's fucking great and then the song the rock song that i knocked off to have blaze of glory on my on my list uh is none other than a sweet sweet uh, love ballad called Cherry Pie by Warrant. Uh, oh man! <laughs> oh, my you know I, this. This almost made my mountain. Too. Yeah, yeah, and legitimately made my- that video. Yeah, Bobby Brown. <laughs> I used to come out to this song on stage for a long time. I used to come out for like maybe like a year. I would come out to Cherry Pie, and I swear to God, this is a, you know sometimes as a comedian, you know the comedy club they book you and, and like oh we have a private event and. 
as a comedian, I personally don't ever ask, like, oh, what's the private event? What's the organization? I don't give a fuck, which I probably should do more often because God knows yeah. one day I'm just going to come out there and it's going to be the clan rally and I'm going to be like, fuck it, I'm getting paid. I'm, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I never ask what, you know, what the organization is or what the group is, whatever. Sometimes I start volunteering information. I'm like, I don't give a fuck, whatever. And I'm literally... <laughs> I'm literally waiting in the green room to come out to the to the stage, and as I'm in the green room, the comic that comes uh, that was on before me comes in, and they're they're about they're introducing me. I'm about to go out, and they go, "Man, it's a tough crowd." And then and then uh, and then one of the guys goes, "Yeah, what do you expect? It's a battered women's uh, uh, facility." And I'm like, "What?" <laughs> and like, "Yeah," and it's an organization that helps battered women. And here I am coming out to fucking cherry pie as this oh like to this group, and I'm like, "Oh, this is gonna be so awkward." And hilarious because uh, i didn't know i fucking it was fucking great so that's my honorable mention list man uh yeah wow. that's a good one cherry pie is a good one <laughs> i like the way you're like that's the good one the rest <laughs> but that, that's a good one all right man let's go round one this is your last chance after this there is no turning back do it do it come on come on all right man number ones what do we got dave all right, so my number one is one of my favorite songs of all time, and I had no idea that it was actually released as a single in 1990 until like two days ago. So I was uh, I was doing some work, and I just had Apple's uh, 1990 rock and roll playlist on in the background, and the song comes on, and I'm like, no, nah, this song wasn't released in 1990 because I know that the album was released in 91, and this was nowhere near the first single that was released off this fucking album and i look it up and sure enough guns and roses had released this on a uh, charity compilation album that had come out in 1990 to benefit uh children in uh was it uh, romania i think and it's a song called civil war and it is one of the absolute greatest rock and roll songs of all time Civil War was released as a single in 1990? It absolutely was. I knew that they had been playing this song since uh, since 1990 because they played it at Live Aid. But I didn't know that it had been released as a single and charted in the United States. It, it, it went all the way up to number four in the United States in 1990 and then got its worldwide release in 1991 after Use Your Illusion came mm -hmm. out. So I was like, oh, hold on a second. This like has thrown a complete curveball into my list. I had to start shifting things around. I'm like, all right, well, this is my number one. This was the, um, the song that really solidified Guns N' Roses to me. Before I knew who Guns N' Roses was as a band, I was a fan of theirs. Because I saw Terminator 2 in 1991 as a, as, as a, as a four-year-old, five-year-old kid. I probably shouldn't have, <laughs> and uh, my my and it was so fucking weird. Like I grew up in a in a like an ultra conservative house, and my father sat me down and said, "Arnold Schwarzenegger is the greatest actor of all time." Watch <laughs> 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 and he popped in the VHS tape of Terminator Two, and I was like, "This is the greatest movie ever!" And I just had like a, a similar experience where I was watching. Uh, Conan the Destroyer, the, the second movie, and uh, Link kind of just came in and watched the the last battle with Conan and the, the giant monster thing, 
and the whole thing's going on and link is like oh my god this is amazing <laughs> so i'm like all right you know it's, it's genetic it's did good. you tell him um, this is the greatest actor of all time did you fucking tell him that because that was your chance buddy that was your chance to fucking just keep yeah, the fucking I, thing I going <laughs> <laughs> i did and so uh so i i hear you could be mine in uh, in Terminator 2 and I'm like I don't know what this is but I fucking love this song I love that guy's voice I love the guitar and everything about it was just uh, attractive to me and so fast forward to middle school when I first start playing guitar there was a used uh, record store here in Miami that I used to go to all the time my mom would go do her nails at a salon that was right next door and I would go into this used record store and I would like just peruse the, the albums that they had there and so I, I picked it out one day. Uh, this is probably 1999. And I'm like, Mom, I, you know, I want to get this. I had never actually heard Guns N' Roses and understood what Guns N' Roses was. But my uncle, who's a big rock and roll fan, told me, hey, so uh, this is one of the bands that you want to study if you want to learn good guitar playing because Slash is a great guitar player. And, uh, and so I was like, okay, well, I looked through some of the Guns N' Roses albums they had. They had Use Your Illusion 2, and the first track was called Civil War. And I was like, what's well, about war? So it's got to be cool, right? So my mom buys it for me. I go home. I put it into my boombox, and oh, my God, it fucking blew my head right off my body. It opens up with one of the most famous lines in all of cinema from, uh, from Cool Hand Luke. You know, what we've got here is a failure to communicate communicate sorry i've had a little bit i like the fact that you stumbled with saying the word communicate it makes it hilarious (laughs) (laughs) and then and then guns and roses just for the next like six and a half minutes proceeds to fucking blow your mind with one of the most amazing rock songs ever composed seven minutes and 42 seconds Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I couldn't wrap my head around like some of the things that Slash was doing on the guitar. I was like, how the fuck is he doing this? And like the the construction of the song, like as a song writing tool, like you could study this and it's like, this is good rock and roll. Like how the fuck this song at what was it? Seven, seven minutes, 40 seconds plus charted on radio where the average song is probably closer to three or four minutes is like fucking insane. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, and, and then of course the, like the, the social commentary with what was going on in, in Bosnia and, and Ethiopia and, and Romania at the time, like this is, this is a song with depth to it. And, and Axel's lyrics are absolutely amazing. Uh, everything about the song is, is awesome. This is one of my favorite songs of all time. I am so glad that I found out that this song was released in 1990 <laughs> because this would have been a very different list uh, otherwise. So uh, it is, uh, I don't know that I can say it is my favorite Guns N' Roses song, but I would put it very high. It would be either number one or number two. Can you imagine? Can you imagine had you not been listening to Apple Playlist and had you not known that this was a 1990 song and then found out tomorrow after recording? You're like, what the <laughs> fuck? Can you imagine that? <laughs> oh, I, I would, I would have just hadikitied myself. Like, I, 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 I couldn't live. 
with uh, with with the dishonor. <laughs> so that's uh, that's my number one, man. Civil War. Uh, it is absolutely unequivocally my favorite song of 1990. I just put it on as you were talking. I just put it on just to hear. I just wanted to hear which which one. Like, if, do I recognize it? So I put like five seconds on it uh, uh, in the background. And I'm like, oh, that's it. I remember that. Okay, yeah, yeah. It's a good. Yeah. A, Have you guys seen Guns N' Roses live? Uh, yes. <laughs> Dave has been there every time. Because <laughs> I saw them when they played on Marlins Park. What was it, two years ago or whatever? Uh, about two years ago, yeah. And they were insane. Like, they were so good. And whoever absurd. said he had lost his voice, I mean, he sounded great. Whoever, played, said, whoever said that is a fucking moron. And, 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 and deaf, I might add. <laughs> and they played at least that show. They played, for, for, they played for over three hours. Yeah. And well, by the way, well, he was three it, hours it, late, so I mean that does kind of make up for it, I guess. You gotta, <laughs> you gotta figure that shit out. <laughs> so I, I saw them twice on that tour. I saw them in Orlando the summer before, and then I saw them in uh, Marlins Park, and they were actually seven minutes early <laughs> in Orlando. Actually, it, it was what, so in fucking Park weird. Or in Orlando. In Orlando. Well, actually, it's funny you say that because when we saw them in Marlins Park that day, the, well, that day, any day, the traffic there was insane, and they were shuttling people from um, Jackson Memorial to Marlin Park. Yep. So I missed Welcome to the Jungle. Oh, uh, shit. Because I dropped everybody off at the, at the, you know, at the stadium, and then I'm like, okay, let me go park, thinking they were going to probably be late, right? Yeah. Or at, least, <laughs> at least 45 minutes late. And when I get there, you know, the concert's going, and I'm like, have they played Welcome to the Jungle? Like, yeah, it was the first thing they played. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it is, uh, it, it, and they've only gotten better because it was, it was good in, uh, in Orlando and it was one of my favorite concert experiences yeah. in, in Miami. Every time Dave leaves a concert, he, he says, that's the best concert I've ever been to. Every time. Ah, uh, but I, did, I didn't say that here. I, I, I would not say it is the best concert I've ever seen, but it is uh, one of the most meaningful. Sure. No, no, I'm saying every time, you, when you, at, right after the concert, you always say, this is the best concert I've ever been to. And then, oh, like, yeah, and then like a week later, he goes, you know, it was like, it was it was good. And then he starts ranking them later. But it, like, right after, we all laugh. <laughs> we think it's hilarious. We think it's great. It's funny, but he just, it just shows you that he goes to a place, goes to a concert, enjoys it thoroughly. And in the moment, yeah. the fucking, the, the high is up there that he's like, this is the best of all time. I'm like, all right, take it easy. Um, it, it also it also depends on how good the arepas are <laughs> at, at that stadium. Oh boy! Because <laughs> if they're on point and if they're fresh, all right, I'm gonna have a good I time. I love that's your bar. You know what? Totally off topic, but you guys should consider doing an episode on music from 1991. Well, we're gonna we do we're gonna do every year, but it's just we're gonna it's like uh, so we're planning on doing for the listener. It's just kind of like behind the curtain. We're planning on releasing episodes where one is about movies, the other one's about uh, TV shows, then music, and then video games, and then anything else, sports or whatever. But we we're trying to change the genre of the topic, so it's not just because we did like four of them in a row that were about movies. And again, we all love movies. Nineteen ninety one would be a whole different conversation. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, eighty nine would be a whole different Pearl conversation. Jam. It was great. Yeah. yeah. So, um, all right. So we got uh, we got Civil War, Guns and Roses. All right, uh, Deej, what do you got for? For number one. Number one. All right. So I'm going to get a lot of shit. And probably from you, Neri. But you know what? It is what it is. So my number one song is by my favorite singer of all time. And I'm going to get shit. But whatever. It's Vision of Love by Mariah Carey. <laughs> I... <laughs> 
I, I, I don't. I, I think it's a great song. I really. The only I reason did. I did that is because you set it up for me to hate it. I'm like, I don't want, know what song I'm gonna hate. <laughs> well, Mariah, no, no, but here's the thing, why? though. Because, I, because here's the thing. I know why. Because a few weeks ago, I posted, "Hey, remember when Mariah Carey was great?" And Deej, yeah, he's never written to me on Instagram, and he replied to that one. He was like, "When? When?" And I was like, "Question <laughs> mark?" Yeah. And then this is. But here's the thing, Deej. This is when she was great. 1990. This is it. This was a time when she was phenomenal. 2020, she's not phenomenal anymore. She can't hold those okay, hits. So she can't hit those notes anymore. She's not that person. Let's not talk about 2020. Let's talk about 1990. Yes, 1990. So, this is pinnacle Mariah Carey. This is so, peak yeah, Mariah Carey. Fantastic. Love Per Se is not my favorite song of hers. Actually, I wouldn't even put it in my top 10 favorite song of hers. But obviously, it is her first song. And um, I, I, I just, I, I've always loved the fact that not only you know her voice but she's a songwriter and and that's something i always like talk about she's a songwriter and i think a lot of people don't give her enough credit over the fact that all her hits she has written herself including you know that christmas song that we all know <laughs> and um i actually remember the first time i ever saw her video um there was this uh since you got to say your story dave i'm gonna say mine um there was this uh, video show on fridays called smash hits uh, and it was sponsored by Coca-Cola. It was like a top 10 video thing. And I remember for like, I don't know, five years, going back to Paul Abdul, opposite, opposite the track was the number one video. You know, mm -hmm. it seems forever. And it got dethroned by Vision of Love. And I'm like, who is this girl? You know, with like jet curly hair and all that. I thought she was really pretty. Like, she was stunning, dude. Fucking stunning. You know, she was 19 years old. Still is. Still is yes. in 2020. She, she was, not, you know, that's not you. one of the issues. <laughs> she was 19 years old at the time. I think a lot of people don't realize. She, I don't think a lot of people realize how young she was at the time because they made her image look older, more mature. But she was only 19. Um, and I just, I fell, I completely fell in love with her. Again, that's kind of the, around the time I started really going like towards like the R&B music direction. And I mean, I just love her. She, she's my favorite singer, but that, that, those first few songs really put her on the map. You know, they were all number one songs. And, um, and yeah, that was like the beginning of, of me liking her. This so, was fantastic. So that She's would be my number one song. Fantastic song. There's nothing, nothing wrong. Like, that's a phenomenal pick. Trust me, that's a great pick. There's nothing wrong with that pick. It's, it's great. It's, uh, soulful. Her, that whole song, like every, first of all, everything for her career for a long, long time. Very soulful. She hit, she hit those high notes, but everybody knows her for the, those high notes. But I always remember, like, those soulful moments where she gets down and she's like in that, in that moment. Uh, she's great. I fucking, I mean, I, this is when I, then when she was phenomenal. I didn't know this was her first just, single. I had, again, I don't know history of shit, but this is fantastic. Yeah, it was her first single. The thing about her now with her voice, I mean, look, obviously, she just turned 50 last week. Yeah. She's been singing for 30 years nonstop. And, I mean, obviously, voice deteriorates. She still can sing, and she still can sing really well. Her voice is just not as consistent anymore. She'll have, like, a really good day where she sounds great. And, and then, then she'll, she'll have, have New Year's Eve. <laughs> They saw New Year's Eve. 
<laughs> and just on New Year's just, Eve. Uh, <laughs> Can you imagine how I watched that? I was like, I can't, I, I can't see this. I can't see this. <laughs> like, um, me, my, her voice is not as consistent as it used to be, but she still can't sing. My wife um, and I went, went to Disney like a month after that that New Year's Eve, uh, and we went to the Frozen ride. And if you guys have ever been to the Frozen ride, it's a live show where they come out singing, but they don't just sing the songs. It's actually two people that are in character and not in a character from a movie, but they're in character and they're introducing the story that is frozen. And so these, and they're, they're actors obviously, but they're very, very good. They, they, in their interweave, uh, pop culture things. And then he said, so we're going to watch some, we're going to watch, uh, we're going to watch some singing. And then he looks at the audience and he says, real singing. Not like Mariah Carey, and I remember <laughs> I was I didn't know that whole thing was. First of all, I had never done that uh, that ride that whatever, and second of all, I didn't know that that was a thing that he could. They get, can they do that? Can you fucking can you throw shade? Can Disney throw shade? Is that a thing? Is that allowed? And I was yeah, when, when, Disney. Yeah, yeah, when when he fucking did that, I was like, oh, I literally said, oh, <laughs> in front of a Disney crowd, like I'm the one started trying to fight, like, oh no, he did, <laughs> oh shit, I fucking loved yeah. it, man. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, Mariah Carey, dude, 1990 90s Mariah Carey was fucking goat, dude. She was amazing. The only the only singer to have a number one song every every year of a decade. Got a number one song every year of the night. Yeah, yeah. So she's fa- she's fantastic, and then the, everything. Then she did a fucking song with Old Dirty Bastard, and it was phenomenal, dude. Come on, it's, oh, yeah. it's great. Fantasy, yeah. fantasy remake. Yeah, I just wish she got more recognition as a songwriter. Um, you're right. I, you're right because I didn't know that. You're right because yeah. I I didn't know she was a songwriter. So you're right. I I, I had no idea. She has just 19 number ones of the of the only song of her number ones that she has not written was I'll Be There, which is obviously a cover. Um, All her other songs have been written by her. Yeah. All right. Uh, Remember when that was a thing? Like, who's better, Mariah Carey or Whitney Houston? Yeah. (laughs) Guess who won that one? Uh, (laughs) 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 I mean, Mariah did have a little help (laughs) from my bathtub. Uh, All right. So, number one uh, (laughs) for Deej. What do we got? Uh, Deej, listen to me. Uh, Debona, what do we got for number one? So, my number one was a song that when we started to do this, it was immediately on my list. And I was like, yeah, it'll be like three or four. And then I was like, I haven't listened to it in a while, though. And so I went and I found the video uh, on YouTube and I was watching it. And it just, it hit me in a way that it never hit me before. And um, since we started talking about doing this one, I- I've watched this video and listened to the song every day. And today, when I finally sat down to cement this, I realized it it had to be my number one. And um, it-, it was no longer about when being seven when it came out or it or it being uh, memorable. It is just legitimately become just this incredible incredible thing i've always liked it as a song but i have i have a brand new respect for it uh it came out january 8th 1990 and it's nothing compares to you by sinead o'connor this is a great such a good song man um man like so when i fired it up for the first time in probably years just a couple of a couple of days ago like i immediately like she started singing and it was like i got goosebumps like still And she's just, and she's just absolutely, I mean, she just tears this song apart and like, and tears at you, especially if you're watching the video, 
like the video, just most of it just being just her, just, face, just her yeah. head, just her face mm-hmm. singing. And, um, God damn, when she gets that, so the first time she does the chorus, you know, it's it sung real well, but that second time when she gets to the chorus, that second time she says nothing compares and I'm not even going to try to emulate it. But there's that little, it's like, it's not a crack in her voice, but that's like, it, it just, it like squeaks out. Obviously she did it on purpose because it happens again. But the way that note hits is just incredible. And then as you continue to watch the video, there's that moment where that like one very real tear just rolls down her face. And I, I mean, I, I like I said, I don't know if it's a now that I'm older and it's like I'm not concerned with being cool and not liking. Uh, no, a but that was like a, that was a very that was a very popular and like. But um, yeah, and so it's song in that year. It was so so good. Um, for anybody who might not know, it was actually written by Prince. And, Do you like the um, Prince version? Uh, I like the Prince version, but I don't like it as much as the Sinead O'Connor version. Um, it was actually he had a side project called The Family. And uh, this was on their first album. Then, um, then she she did her version of it. It actually it was released as a single before the album. I do not want what I haven't got came out, um, which I have since I listened to on Spotify yesterday to like listen to the whole album. And it turns out like I'm a Sinead O'Connor fan, which is uh, really <laughs> weird. But um, it's, it's that's a it's, weird it's, thing it's to a, realize at thirty-seven. That's a weird right? thing. To <laughs> but like, it's a, I'm t- dude. It's a, it's a fucking shame that she absolutely tanked her career the way she did and she, didn't use her work, her own work, yes, enemy. and that she did not get to continue making popular music because that conversation we could very much be having if she had managed to maintain this is. Uh, who's you know who's singing better, Sinead or Mariah or other people? Because she she went off on this song yeah. and and that album. I mean, she she she's got an incredible voice. I I was amazed at the fact that I ended up writing this as number one. But man, if you have not seen that video in a while, when we're done, just go to YouTube, put your headphones on, and watch the video for Nothing Compares to You by Sinead O'Connor, and tell me it doesn't still give you goosebumps because that shit. She has actually a pretty big body of work, and she did a bunch of records after that one throughout the nineties. Yeah, but um, and some of them were like famous in Europe and whatever. Clearly, like here in the U.S., obviously she didn't have any other hits. But you know, she she was her own worst enemy. She had terrible PR. Can I just can I ask? So is it is is what ruined her the whole thing on SNL with ripping up the picture of the Pope? And well, it's not the only thing, but yeah, that was that was. With the biggest thing, because she became very political against the church and all that. Because I remember as a kid, I remember as a kid thinking, like I remember as a kid watching that scene and then her being interviewed or whatever about it, and um, I didn't get the big deal about it. Like I I honestly, as a kid, I didn't understand like what the big drama was, and I was like, well, I guess people didn't like that. Like I just didn't understand, but I didn't know. Because uh, she disappeared, basically, I didn't know if that was the reason why, or if that's just one of the things. Yeah, I guess but she yeah. she continued she continued to be very outspoken against the Catholic Church, which, being Irish, I mean, she just continued to bury herself. I mean, it's it's hard to be outspoken against the Catholic Church and try to have an and Irish be Irish. Yeah, yeah. That's, and, and and she also she also spoke a lot of after that. She spoke a lot about like mental health issues. Because she suffered from depression, which obviously in the 90s, uh, 
you know, people didn't really talk about no, that. Very taboo, celebrities. So she just was seen as like this crazy woman, you know. Yeah, that sucks. But yeah, I'm I, I'm telling you, like, if it was one that you ran across and you were like, ah, eh, no, you know, it didn't make anybody else's list. Um, obviously, it, I'm telling you, just when we're done, just go listen to it, man. Well, and put no, some but I, I would say, I would say, people. to go with that, that was one of the biggest songs of 1990. Yeah. That has to be up there. I, I got to like be honest. Billboard. When when people started chiming in on the social medias, like, hey, uh, they, you know, a couple of people put this song, and I was like, I just literally just like, you know, ah, nah, whatever. Like, oh, that's 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 a waste of a pick or whatever. And then I went back to listen to it, I think, last night, uh, and I was like, oh, this is a really good song. And the only reason, let me rephrase that, not the only reason, but the main reason it didn't make my list is because I had no connection to it in 1990. Like, there was absolutely, like, you know what I mean? Right. Like, I had zero connection to it now. And to, to say which is the best, like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I didn't have a connection to, to the Mariah Carey song, but I can acknowledge that that song is phenomenal. The singing is great. Same thing with the with, with the Shanine O'Connor's. Uh, and I was just like, it just has no personal connection to me, but I, I, can, I can acknowledge that this is a far... Th all your number ones are far superior than everything else on my list. So than everything, than everything on my list, <laughs> including <laughs> and and not like including my number one. Like everything, all of you guys picked <laughs> all of you, all of your number ones like meaningful. You know what I mean? Like Dave's Civil War is talking about like the injustice in in Romania and others. I'm like, oh man, my number one is fucking shit. Uh, but <laughs> you know what? Though um, I'm looking here at the at the top ten Billboard Hot 100 of 1990, and we did pretty well. Oh, we we named a bunch of songs on there. Challenge accepted. Uh, yeah, so, uh, uh, hold uh, another day in paradise. Vision of love. Poison, nothing compares to you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, so that's a great pick, dude. I, I wish, I wish my any of my picks were that meaningful because they're really not. They're really like the song is hilarious. Mentiros is pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah. Again, but awesome for different reasons. None of these are deep. I guess it's deep for him. I can imagine him hearing this like, "Fuck you, bro. She lied to me. That was deep to me, motherfucker." <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but my number one uh, is, of course, uh, again, this is a song that we waited for stayed up for a new year's eve and ran to my cousin's room the living room because it was the big screen and the adults literally let us have this they're like oh i guess let them fucking watch this thing and it was the count they were doing the content of the best songs of that year and the number one video uh of that year was my number one on this list which is vanilla ice's ice ice baby <laughs> Uh, and I fucking <laughs> love that song again unapologetically uh, none of these songs I, I are, it as an honorable yeah, mention none of these lists uh, none of these uh, none of these that are on my list are deep meaningful songs I think Blaze of Glory might be the closest to it uh, as far as anything that's not just on the surface but these are fun these are uh, of my childhood they remind me of, a, of, uh, of you know times where I could actually go outside in the backyard uh, but they are uh, Vanilla Ice man it's you know talk about fucking Miami this is the most Miami dude Right, the whole in the song, he's talking about driving down Miami, fucking A one A. Like it's remember just remember when the whole thing came out that he wasn't from Miami, that he was from <laughs> Texas. Oh, I didn't even know that. Now you're fucking shattering the illusion for me right now. You're literally, just, you're. Yeah. Giving, I was today years old when I fucking found out Rob Van Winkle was not from Miami. Yeah, that's hilarious. He was yeah, from Miami. Uh, and he got a lot born in da uh, Dallas, Texas. Right. When did he come to Miami? Because yeah. that's different. I, I mean, I was born in Nicaragua, but I came here when I was three years old. I'm still from Miami. I still claim Miami. I'm not. Um, fucking... It says that. Uh, let's see. I was born. Um, 
when he was four. Okay, so it says it says he when he was four, his his parents got divorced, and uh, then he would go back and forth from Dallas to Miami. He's so fine. he's Miami. He's fine. Uh, I love, I love, love, love from him. I'm sure you guys have seen it when he got accused of ripping off. Um, under oh, the ding ding. That he's like it's ding 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 ding. It's not the same. Yeah, it's, it's not, not the same. same. Yeah, it's, it's not the same. Ding 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 ding. Like um, so, I remember. I remember when this song came out, and I remember not being allowed to listen to it in my house because my dad is one of the biggest Queen fans God ever put on this planet. And he would not allow Ice Ice Baby to be played. Like, he would come into my room and be like, turn that shit off. Like, he would get mad. Dude, wait, wait. But, Daniel, you should have like, just told your dad, dad, it's not the same. His goes ding, 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 ding. <laughs> hers goes ding, 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 ding. See, it's that. <laughs> yeah, um, man, I, I'm one of those guys because I, I wasn't because I wasn't raised on uh, on classic rock, at least not classic America rock. Uh, I, I, I didn't know any of that, so I didn't know that this was a Queen song when it was playing. I, I was jamming out to it. Same thing goes for when Diddy came out with uh, uh, "I'll Be There for You." I had no fucking idea. I had no idea that was a song by the Police. No fucking clue whatsoever. Somebody had to tell me that, and when they told me that, they were like, "Can you believe this guy stole that shit?" I'm like, "Yeah, but it was fucking hot though, right? This song is dope." Like, Like, it's one of those things, man. Because I guess ignorance is bliss. This is the the musical version of I don't read books, (laughs) so I don't fucking know. I don't get like no, 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 no. What what happened to you is what happened to me. When your parents are immigrants, it's a whole different ballgame. Because, for example, my parents didn't really know the Beatles in Cuba. They they didn't listen to the Beatles in Cuba. So obviously growing up, I didn't really know much of the Beatles. I didn't really discover the Beatles music like as an entirety. So I was in high school that they aired on ABC, the Beatles anthology. And I saw all of it. And because, you know, what's going to be your reference? What your parents were. Right, right. Right. No, you're right, man. So that's that's the thing. So my number one is Access Baby. Uh, it's so funny. I was, as I was listening to everybody's number one, I was like, man, they have real meaningful picks. This was fun. <laughs> like, this, my no, number but, one is not that meaningful. I mean, it's meaningful, but, but it's actually, not deep. It's not deep. It's just, no, uh, it's just a fun song. But I think that if there's a song of our four number ones that defines 1990, it's probably Ice Ice Baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not wrong. Uh, I I just love that song. I know it's uh, it's uh, it's and it's it's you know it's one of those things, man. Uh, hey, we, don't don't undersell that song. It's deeper than you think. All right, stop, collaborate, <laughs> listen, listen. Right. All right. Those three yeah. words will get you through so much in life. And I don't know if you guys remember, but he kind of was like when that song hit number one and it became a massive hit. And you know he 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 had a cartoon and oh, yeah. he didn't rest the way he did. Like people started hating on him, and I remember he went on the Arsenio Hall show to like, oh, that that clip is brutal. <laughs> to talk about the haters, yeah. Um, but he was oh, so pissed off. <laughs> and uh, J- Jim Carrey parodied him on In Living Color. Yeah. Yeah, he talks about um, that later. He talks about that years later. He said, you know, now everybody parodies and everybody like all these all these shows now. It's like it's almost like a badge of honor now to get to get parodied. He goes that at that point that that was an insult. It wasn't like that's yeah, and that's how yeah. it wasn't like he didn't he never took it as a oh look it's cool like it was it was they they made fun of me and it it was fucking hurtful. Uh, and I, you know you never stop to think about that like those people they're actual they're, these people are fucking people they're humans and you know you're like. 
ah, and you start clowning on these people, and you're like, oh fuck, that's it. that is kind of fucked up, right? Like he did nothing wrong. <laughs> like he literally just put out a song, and it's like, why are you guys clowning on me? It's like it's fucking weird. Yeah. But I get it. Like man. when a Disney employee saves, you know, a singer. <laughs> <laughs> do you uh, do you think we'll ever get the Vanilla Ice um, biopic with Dave Franco? They've been talking about for a while. Is that a thing that they've been talking about? That'd be fantastic. Yeah, I think it, I think it's gonna be called. I think it's supposed to be called To the Extreme. Oh fuck, dude! And uh, like they did a big thing where it was like it was all rumored that they were making it. Dave Franco was gonna play Vanilla Ice, and then I feel like we didn't hear anything about it for a long time. Fuck, man, that'd be great. What was the thing from his movie? Uh, what was it? Drop the zero and go with the hero. Yeah, yeah. From, yeah. Uh, uh, what was that movie called? Something about cool. Cool as ice. Was it cool as ice? Cool as ice. Yeah, there we go. Cool as ice. Yeah, cool as ice. Yeah, drop the zero, get with the hero. Worst acting of all fucking time. Can I just? Oh. Uh, it's just by everybody. It's not even <laughs> just him. It's not even like everybody else is a real actor and you expect a musician not to do good. Like there's no fucking body doing well in that movie. There's nobody doing well. It's so fucking awful. Love it. Love it. Mm-hmm. Would watch there that movie right now. Purple Rain. <laughs> uh, Purple Rain. All right. So uh, for number ones, we had Civil War by Guns and Roses, uh, Vision of Love by Mariah Carey, Nothing Compares to You by Sinead O'Connor, and Ice Ice Baby by Vanilla Ice. Uh, you know, it's funny. I told my, I showed my daughter this song. I would like put it on the TV and I said, Vanilla Ice, I said, I said, listen to this song. She didn't, she just wants to watch TV. She's like, I don't want to listen to music. And I said, this is the same guy that does uh, Go Ninja, Go Ninja, Go. And she perked up like, oh, Oh well, you didn't tell me. Like she, oh, yeah. she was like, "Well, you didn't tell me we're we're listening to a master." Excuse me. Like uh, she was like, "Oh, please." Continue. Like, <laughs> fantastic. All makes sense now. Uh, and now so, he builds houses with Amish people. Yeah, mm. so good. Uh, so Talk for turnaround for the final mountain, we have two. Uh, repeats. We have poison. Uh, Bubba divorce poison, and we have uh, John Bon Jovi's Blaze of Glory. So, in our number twos, we had in our number three and four, we had two repeats and then in two and one we didn't have any repeats so what do you guys suggest for the twos and for the other ones right yeah. i'm gonna throw out civil war just because uh i don't have a song on the mountain yet um i'm and i'm actually gonna back dave on civil war making it because of the fact that knowing that it was released in 1990 and it is easily one of if not the best guns and roses songs um i yeah i'll i'll back dave on that because i definitely said no i had no I, my list might have looked a little bit different um <laughs> if i had honestly known that like i probably would have had civil war instead of blaze of glory so um i will uh I, i'll back dave on civil war making it yeah i, I think civil war is a phenomenal song i can't even like i can't you know at all, not not to pick. Uh, I I I don't recommend any of my songs uh, making the list. Uh, so I'm okay with. Uh, I mean, the fact that I have uh, "Blaze of Glory" on there is just by sheer coincidence that Debona had it. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I'm not gonna argue for "Ice Ice Baby," even though it is the quintessential 1990 song. But uh, I I really any any song you guys recommend, I'm I'm all, I'm all for. I'll, I'll back you on on all these songs. I, I was actually gonna suggest uh, "Dream Girl." I love that song, man. I love that song. The only reason I can't, the only reason I don't recommend it is because the Bono has never heard it like that. But I, 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 hey, look. I legitimately love, no, no, that's the reason I didn't recommend I it. dance on my list. No, no, no. Right? But I'm saying, <laughs> what, what I'm saying is that's the reason I didn't recommend it. Like it, now that Davis brought it up, I will right. say, yes, Dream, uh, Dream Boy, Dream Girl is a phenomenal yeah. fucking song. I mean, song. what, but so of, of the, of the, 
the four of us, right? Three of you are Miami through and through. And I mean, so that's, that's representative of who created the list. Like, yeah. I don't see any problem. It's pretty awesome. You got to go and listen to it. Now. Oh, I've, I've got a, that. I've got a tab open right here with the YouTube video. I pulled up. So just we're done. I'm going to take it, give it a listen. The black and white video. Yeah, it's yeah. black and white. <laughs> 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 they were at the Magic City Casino last year with TKA. Yes, yes, they awesome. were. I actually went uh, about 14 years ago. I went to the Kings of Freestyle concert where I saw TKA, Coral, Stevie B, and George Lamont on the same concert. And nice. it was fucking phenomenal. And then I followed Stevie B, who I think is the greatest fucking of all time. And I followed him to get a CD. I'm like, oh, I want to buy a CD. And he goes, oh, I, I ran out. Let me come, come with me and I'll go, go get more. I'm thinking we're gonna go to like the back or like whatever we went to his fucking car and i literally he <laughs> literally met his family and children that were waiting for him for the concert to be over so they could go home or go to denny's or whatever the fuck they're gonna do and here you were and, <laughs> waiting for a cd and here i am as a fan fanning the fanboy fanning out and then i get there and it's like oh the illusion is so gone it's so <laughs> I, I'm realizing, you know what I mean? And then that was, great story. That, that was probably like 15 or 16 years ago, if I want to say. And then fast forward 10 years where I'm doing the same shit where somebody's like, yo, your comedy is hilarious. I want to get a CD. I'm like, just wait, come to my cabin in my, in this cruise ship. And I have some in my luggage. Uh, that's exactly what I'm fucking <laughs> doing. Uh, but uh, anyways, what, uh, Deej, what do you recommend for what you have anything that you want to recommend? Cause we have one slot open for the, uh, for the final mountain. Um, you want to make an argument for I anything? I would go with Dream Boy, Dream Girl. Oh, that's it. We got three. Yeah. That's fine with me, dude. Can't argue yeah. that. Uh, yeah, so we got uh, our final mountain is Poison by Bob Buff DeVoe, Blaze of Glory by John Bon Jovi, Civil War by Guns N' Roses, and Dream Boy, Dream Girl by Cynthia and Johnny O. Uh, that is the mountain. I, you know what? If you're going to go to 1990, again, but 1990, there's so many great songs. Honest to yeah, God, there's really so are. many good ones. You can't, you know, I I have, I, I left out a bunch of honorable mentions just because I, I, I try to stick to the whole, you know, give four honorable mentions type of deal. But uh, legitimately, uh, around the way, girl by L O Cool J. Mama said, "Knock you oh out" by L O Cool J. Uh, so you know, good. Uh, pump up the jam by Technotronic, which I is fantastic. Kept, I kept waiting for somebody <laughs> to pick pump up the. Jam. I'm telling you, it, it took everything I had not because I could have gone two very poppy so like lists, and it's just. Uh, but these are great songs, man. Uh, these you know, opposites attract. We talked about that with Paulo Duo. There's a fucking cartoon cat in the in. Cartoon. In the cat, video, man. Um, yeah, and it was fun. And he makes an appearance in uh, season ten or eleven of American Dad. By the way, the cat, the fucking yeah, scat he cat. Does. He makes an yeah. appearance. Yeah, he makes an appearance, and he is it's hilarious because he's out of work. He's like, "Hey, anything in the janitorial position? I really would love any kind of assistance you can have." And he, Stan from American Dad literally kicks out the cat. <laughs> it's fantastic. <Yeah. laughs> uh, so the the final mountain is uh, poison, uh, blaze of glory, civil war, and dream boy, dream girl. So, hey guys, we're under two hours. This is a this is a, a rarity. So fantastic. Yeah. Uh, thank you guys for checking us out. Make sure you guys check out the other podcasts on the Geek Bro Network uh, that include DJ's own Pedro. Let me tell you, where he's a, a, a co-host with uh, uh, Ish, which is fantastic. Uh, DJ, you don't know this, but a couple episodes ago when we first had the Bona and we were doing the same rundown of podcasts on geek bro network he literally stopped me and goes dude better let me tell you is my new fucking jam oh dude and, yeah and, oh awesome. dude, i love you. it I, I love it man it's 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 a great great list say say Thank say you. Thank say, you very say, much. say, that, say that. the name say, I, I should hear a guy from a white dude from alabama say better let me tell you is just fucking great man 
I I love better. Let me yeah, tell you. Yeah, there not, it not is. Too bad. Not too bad. Not too bad. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so check out the other podcasts on the Geek Bro Network, which of course include Better Let Me Tell You. They check out. Uh, they also include uh, What's Up, Bro, affectionately uh, known as Woo Bro. Uh, check out the Bonos uh, YouTube uh, channel, which is on GeekBro.net as well. Uh, it's called What You Got. Uh, it's a fun- we are we're, we're in forced hiatus since we can't be together. It's, it's hard to do a YouTube show um, where you're eating things on camera in this format. <laughs> so we're we're on a temporary Why? No, hiatus. No, dude, just off the you know, just to let you know, you could do a Zoom and. And you record this. It could be a recording of both of you eating it. It's, it's, it's in the work. All right. So uh, make right. sure you guys check that out. And then check out, uh, we got the layer from uh, AV. And we also have um, Childlike at Best with uh, Mike Valdez. Uh, so make sure you guys check that out at geekbro.net. Thank you guys for checking out this episode. Uh, we will be back. And hopefully, I don't even know, this is going to air like in two or three weeks. So I don't know if this is, if we're still going to be in quarantine. But as of the recording, we're still in quarantine. Uh, stay safe. Stay home. You probably will. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Stay. No, 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 no. Somebody told us that uh, by Easter it should be done. Uh, we right. Heard Actually, that. we're going to be at a quarantine in two days from recording. Three yeah. days right. from recording. Oh, my God. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, stay safe, guys. Stay in your house. Thank you, guys. Love you, guys. Be, be real. Yeah. <laughs>